Hey everyone, Saul Marquez here. Have you launched your podcast already and discovered what a pain it could be to keep up with editing, production, show notes, transcripts, and operations? What if you could turn over the keys to your podcast busy work while you do the fun stuff like expanding your network and taking the industry stage? Let us edit your first episode for free so you can experience the freedom. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here, and today I have the privilege of hosting Cody Simmons. He is a bioengineer and entrepreneur that has spent his whole career dedicated to bringing new health technologies to physicians and patients. Prior to his tenure with Dermasensor, Cody led commercial efforts for a Silicon Valley medical device screening startup and also held business development and commercial strategy roles at Genentech. Cody joined Dermasensor in May 2016 as co-founder and CEO. He has led the company through raising $15 million in financing, extensive product development efforts, multiple clinical studies, and most recently, successful regulatory clearances that now allow for the product to be sold commercially. He is an excellent leader in healthcare, taking uh, really you know, the advantage of, of the advances in digital health to help primary caregivers as well as patients maximize their health. Cody, uh, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast to learn more about what you guys are up to and more about you. Thanks for joining. I appreciate that and the excitement is shared. Uh, thanks for having me today. And like I said, very excited to, to be speaking with you and to have our work featured on your podcast. Absolutely, Cody. Now, Dermasensor is, is, I mean, just fascinating, you know, evaluating skin cancer in a much simpler way. Uh, I want to learn more about this as, as the listeners do too. But before we dive into that, I'd love to know more about what inspires your work in healthcare. Sure. Well, I think first and foremost, helping patients uh, is really my inspiration for working in healthcare, uh, hands down. I think that everyone faces at least some challenges and frustrations uh, with their job and their day-to-day work. And, you know, I think our company and me personally, you know, no exception to that, otherwise it wouldn't be called work. But at the end of the day, knowing that if you're able to overcome those challenges uh, in your startup and, and your product is successful, knowing that success will benefit hundreds or, or thousands of patients, that is incredibly uh, motivating for me. And I'd say in line with that, I think for entrepreneurs, you know, the common expression is that we're supposed to address unmet needs. Uh, and as, as you've seen, obviously, from, from, from all your, your work in the podcast, unfortunately, there's no shortage of unmet needs in healthcare. And many of them are, are very large ones that fixing would not only greatly benefit people's health, but depending on the solution, also oftentimes, I think, has the potential to save the health system money. And of course, patients ultimately pay for, for all health care, whether it's directly or through their employer for private insurance or through paying taxes that go to Medicare, Medicaid, et cetera. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, we're experiencing so much change and, you know, the, the epidemic has accelerated that change in, in digital medicine and telemedicine, remote care. What you guys are doing is fascinating. And, you know, skin cancer is a huge problem. A lot of it goes unaddressed, like undiscovered, it's way too late. And so tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing to add value to the healthcare ecosystem. Sure, sure. And yeah, it really is a big problem. And, you know, uh, to be clear, our product is not yet approved by the FDA for use in the US. Okay. But uh, as you mentioned, it, it is available in certain areas abroad. So we just announced that Dermasensor received CE mark 
for sale in Europe, as well as regulatory clearances in Australia and in New Zealand. Nice. Um, so for the U.S., yeah, so that, that's been an exciting milestone for us. And in the U.S., we hope to be approved next year. And then after that, to start adding value to the healthcare system in a couple main ways uh, to address address your question. So our, our company's mission is to improve patients' access to effective skin cancer checks. Uh, as you noted, right, skin cancer is very common. It's actually the most common cancer in the United States. And melanoma is the number one cancer killer of young women. Fortunately, effective, uh, effectively all skin cancer can be successfully treated if it's detected early enough. Unfortunately, the average wait time in the U.S. for a dermatologist appointment is one to two months. And because of that and other cost and access issues, the majority of Americans report having never been checked for skin cancer, and only a small fraction of Americans do so annually, which is a recommendation for many of us. Um, so our, our main objective to, to fulfill our mission of improving patients' access to effective skin cancer checks is to really empower America's hundreds of thousands of frontline providers, primary care providers like family physicians, internists, uh, clinicians at retail health clinics to more effectively catch skin cancer. Uh, as studies show that uh, primary care providers, you know, they're not dermatologists and that, that they only correctly decide to refer or biopsy a malignant lesion as little as 54% of the time. But melanoma five-year survival rates go from well under 50% for stage four melanoma to the high 90s for stage one melanoma. Mm -hmm. So if our tool helps detect melanoma earlier, uh, helps these primary care providers, which, you know, by definition, they're kind of frontline providers, right? So they see patients often and early. That would be huge. So, so detecting melanoma earlier, if this tool helps with that, that'd be a huge benefit uh, for patient survival. And also treatment costs for late stage melanoma can be over a million dollars, whereas stage one melanoma treatment typically just costs a few thousand dollars. It's a big difference. And so, you know, the, the, the challenge is, I guess, you know, on the one hand, shortage of dermatologists because one to two months, I mean, <laughs> I just like, I just wrote as we were talking, one to two months, exclamation mark, underline for an, for an appointment. And it just seems way too long. And, and why should anybody have to wait that long? There's got to be better ways to do it. And then the problem that we also run into, it's the geographical differences, right? You have your urban care centers, then you have your rural care centers where potentially there is not even a dermatologist. You're exactly right. And in that one to two months is an average nationally. There, there's you know much better access in certain urban areas like I am here in Miami and New York. But there's lots of examples in rural areas. You know, I, I forget the specific regions and, and wait times, but that are as high as, you know, four to six months. And we need an answer. We need an answer for for these gaps in care. Uh, the access is certainly something that I see could improve with what you guys are, are building there. Now, talk to us a little bit about what makes you different uh, than what's available today. Sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll, and, and before I, I jump into that, a quick addition to what to your point there. Part of the access issue mm -hmm. is that there's a lot of unnecessary referrals and biopsies, right? And okay. so, you know, certainly one way to detect skin cancer earlier would be, you know, any patient asks about a mole uh, to a provider or provider notices anything that even just catches their eyes and even necessarily suspicious looking, they just refer the patient on to a dermatologist or they biopsy the lesion. Well, you know, practically speaking, like you're saying, with the wait times and access issues and costs with dermatologists, referring every single patient isn't practical. 
um, nor is biopsying from a cost and a morbidity standpoint. So in addition to helping providers detect more skin cancer, you know, by having a higher sensitivity to skin cancer, we also hope to help providers decrease unnecessary referrals and biopsies. As primary care providers are currently, according to literature, referring or biopsying 30 to 50 moles for every one melanoma detected. Hmm. So kind of a, a hit rate in a sense of, you know, two to 3%. So we think we could potentially help with that also. It's, it's basically overutilization, right? Unnecessary overutilization. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, and especially when dermatologists are over, over, overwhelmed, you know, uh, in terms of wait time and need, a lot of those visits are, and, you know, dermatologists will be the first one to tell you that they often say this to, you know, me and, and team members that, that speak with them that, yeah, no, you know, PCPs, they're not dermatologists. So, you know, often when they're, at all concerned, they refer to us, um, which can be good, but a lot of those referrals just didn't need to come uh, see us. And so, you know, it ends up taking a lot of our time to just reassure a patient that, you know, a lesion that's clearly benign in our eyes is actually fine. And then we, you know, send them away that by definition, you know, takes up a, a, an appointment that could have been used for a patient that really needed to be there. And that's why, you know, we think part of it in terms of just practically uh, helping PCPs better assess skin is having a very quick and easy to use tool. And that's what we've spent a lot of time developing what was originally a, a 30 pound microwave size device that we've spent uh, a lot of time and money now miniaturizing. A key design parameter was that it just takes about 20 seconds to evaluate a lesion and that it's also accessible from an ease of use and a price standpoint for PCPs. Um, so following FDA approval, we hope to get widespread adoption of our product and that that this will result in PCPs catching more skin cancer and decreasing unnecessary referrals and biopsies, all of which will benefit patients. Love it. That's a key differentiator. And so considering the the technology itself, you know, what would you say, or even the company, the process that you guys do, what makes you guys uh, different than what's out there? Sure, sure. Well, actually, it's a uh, surprisingly easy answer because there's no automated skin cancer detection tool available uh, in the U.S., for use by primary care providers. Uh, so we expect to be the first ever device that is available uh, for this use uh, by these kind of healthcare providers. You know, there's various other tools. I, I you know, I don't want to kind of <laughs> go outside of my lane here, but, sure, sure. Um, you know, for automated uh, fundus assessment for, you know, certain uh, uh, diabetic related diseases. And I think that there's a few dozen um, sort of FDA cleared or approved tools that use machine learning and kind of often it's, you know, non-invasive modalities, but none of them are for skin cancer for primary care providers. Got it. Um, so, so that have a niche defined. Yeah. And we think it's, it's not, not too much of a niche, uh, unfortunately, in terms of, you know, how common it was skin cancer being the, the most common type of skin cancer, we just think it's, you know, it's a challenging from a clinical, from a product, from a regulatory standpoint, challenging. And so, so no one's, no product's ever been approved in the U.S. for this before. So really back to your question, kind of, you know, how are you different or, or better than what's available today? Really the comparison today is just, you know, how does it compare to visiting a dermatologist? It is the only option. And we've, we've talked about the challenges with that and whether it's in person or using teledermatology. And again, we're not trying to replace a dermatologist visit in any sense. We're just trying to help primary care physicians better assess skin and decide should a patient go see a dermatologist or not. And we hope that that'll, uh, you know, ultimately be, 
beneficial uh, because of the the relevant clinical and also healthcare access uh, considerations that we've been speaking about. And so, yeah, it's, it's basically go to a dermatologist or just, you know, uh, leaving everything status quo with the current care paradigms and performance levels that primary care providers have now and the uh, gross number of, of over referrals and also often uh, skin cancer that uh, is evaluated by a primary care provider, but they decide, you know, that it's, that it's not concerning and decide not to Labs you refer it oftentimes when it actually is malignant. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool. And, and so being the first to market is is you know when the opportunity does uh, come to fruition, I feel like we'll open up some opportunities for for you guys. I'm sure you know it hasn't all been straightforward. <laughs> so you know one no. of the things that we do here is learn as entrepreneurs and and leaders in healthcare. So can you talk to us about one of your biggest setbacks and and what you learned? from that setback? I, unfortunately, there's one that, that clearly jumps to mind here. And uh, we are, are, I'll, be, I'll be frank, we were hoping to be an exception to the mm-hmm. saying that hardware is hard, mm-hmm. but we most certainly were not. Uh, our first design approach to miniaturize, I think I mentioned the, the original 30-pound microwave-sized device was to use a, a discrete wavelength light source instead of broadband light source. Again, a bit technical here, but... Um, we ended up encountering significant cost, you know, product cost of goods and also performance issues with that approach. So we basically shelved a year of work on that and essentially started from scratch with redesigning a device that used a miniaturized broadband lamp or light source. And that ended up taking about two years to fully complete instead of the, the original target or hope of nine months. So, you know, kind of a couple of significant delays first in just the sort of technical approach we took and ended up kind of going another direction. Uh, so lost about a year or so there. And then the direction we did settle on, which we've ultimately been very happy with, but ran into significant delays on that as well. So I, I'd say key learnings were really to never underestimate the challenges with product development and to expect for there to be setbacks not just with the known unknowns, right? Well, there's X and Y, we know we're gonna have to work through, it can be challenging, but also to expect setbacks from many unknown unknowns um, and just assume that there's gonna be all kinds of things that come up that you have to deal with and work through that you have, you, you, you know, you have no idea that they're potentially gonna be problem areas. Uh, you know, you're not even thinking of them as uh, potential problem areas. And so I think that that was a big one. And on a related note to kind of, you know, the, the product and hardware is hard. Also to be as diligent as, uh, you know, your company reasonably can be with development partners you pick uh, in terms of their capabilities and track record. Uh, and also to make sure kind of your sort of payment terms and agreement with them and both companies' incentives are well aligned on both sides. I think that that's definitely been something. And looking back, that we we learned the hard way and, and certainly are going to incorporate in our work moving forward and uh, hope hope that simple uh, uh, suggestion there can perhaps help help other entrepreneurs and folks in industry um, better develop their products and bring them to market into patients faster. Yeah, some great learnings there, Cody. Thank you for sharing that. And so to go from a 30-pound machine <laughs> to something that is, I mean, this thing is handheld, right? Yeah, it's just over a pound now. And uh, we the uh, type of technology, uh, so this field of, of spectroscopy, it's called elastic scattering spectroscopy. It's a type of optical spectroscopy. Mm-hmm. was originally invented uh, by key, our key collaborator, Professor Irving Biggio, 
at the Los Alamos Research Institute. And he's been a professor now for, I think, 20 plus years at Boston University. So his group's been kind of key collaborators of ours with, with the kind of sponsored research agreement, a licensing agreement with some issued patents. And uh, he's a, a key, one of our scientific advisory board members. And so it's uh, interesting. It's actually the first time that this technology has come to market in a medical product. Um, so that's something that, you know, us having worked on this for a decade and, and him uh, about three decades now are very excited about. Uh, but yeah, certainly to your point, uh, you know, it started with a, a 30 pound large spectro- spectrometer and, and corresponding equipment. Now that it's, you know, handheld, you can really, it's, it's basically the size of a, a thick smartphone, um, okay. you know, touchscreen and, yeah. and it's, you know, point and click takes 20 seconds to evaluate a mole and you only need one hand operated. Uh, we're, we're really happy with, with the path we went down to get there, but it, you know, took 10 years and about $10 million in, in product and clinical development. So it was wow. not an, an easy, quick effort. Yeah. How long did you say it took? Uh, well, well, the company was formed in 2009. And our okay. first kind of early validation study on the large 30-pound device uh, started in 2011. And obviously, there was product development work leading out up to that. So uh, yeah, the, our, our product and clinical development work started pretty much exactly 10 years ago in, in 2010. Well, it's a, a long road, but you guys have made some significant progress. So uh, major kudos to to you. And and obviously, with some of the comments you made, you know, it, it's difficult, um, but you guys learned a lot of lessons and uh, hardware is hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and we were no, we, we were hoping to be, be the exception to the well, I don't know if it's a rule per se, but it, it's certainly a common saying. We we're hoping to the exception, but that was not the case. Yeah. Well, you know, appreciate you sharing the the learnings, Cody, and 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 the wins. What are you most excited about today? I, I'd say I, I'm most excited about kind of uh, building on on the discussion uh, we just had a minute ago about our our tool and this technology finally being available uh, for real world use by clinicians uh, abroad for now, uh, as we talked about. Uh, to help them better assess their patients for skin cancer. You know, like we've spent over 10 years or pretty much exactly 10 years, like I mentioned, spent 10 years and over $10 million on product and clinical development. So it's very exciting to now finally have our product available for use by, uh, for sale and for use by providers in those, those countries I mentioned. And so, yeah, that, that's a very exciting thing for me. And I think for the company, uh, also Dermasensor is the world's first point and click tool available for primary care providers uh, for skin cancer. So we're excited about that just in kind of being being a first globally. Uh, you know, we spoke earlier about it's kind of first any kind of skin cancer tool in the U.S. for primary care providers. Also, it's, uh, as I mentioned, the first medical product in the world that uses this type of optical spectroscopy. So the company and, and the inventor of this field is spectroscopy, Professor Van Dijon, are all, all very excited about that. Yeah, and who knows what other opportunities might be ahead for you know this optical spectroscopy. So fascinating work, lots to build upon, and certainly exciting for you know the people that are not receiving the care that could potentially be receiving the care, uh, the right care moving forward. Yeah, no, and that, that's actually, so I'm glad you mentioned that because there's uh, dozens of peer-reviewed publications on the use of elastic scattering spectroscopy and assessing malignant tissue. Only a few of them uh, uh, are on skin. You know, obviously some of our work included among that, but 
there's a lot, so a lot out there for other cancer types. Uh, I know uh, mm-hmm. Professor Biggio and his group at BU have done tons of work on colon. I think also there's been a few studies and papers on esophageal cancer. So certainly this type of, type of technology, you know, long development cycles, right? Some of the scheme of things, you know, a couple, couple decades old and being invented, it's relatively new. But I think we really benefit from the optical non-invasive nature paired with the very recent developments, I would say, in machine learning. So kind of having a, a new kind of non-invasive optical modality that is able to benefit from the very recent advances in machine learning, I think we certainly were, were fortunate that both of those trends, you know, kind of non-invasive assessment and, and monitoring and whatnot, as well as machine learning, have both become such important parts of kind of healthcare tools and products and is a big focus for health technologies moving forward. Uh, because obviously that, you know, th- those are key aspects of our product. Yeah, no, some great call outs there, Cody, and exciting. So, man, I mean, uh, congrats to you guys, uh, certainly rooting for for the release or the approval uh, and release here in the U.S. But in the meantime, you know, the the commercialization abroad. And so with that in mind, uh, you know, what what call to action or what thoughts would you like to leave us with? And then the best place that listeners could get in touch with you and, and uh, the Derma Sensor team? Sure. Well, at the end of the day, you know, in terms of closing thoughts, right? At the end of the day, anyone at any time is literally able to see skin cancer. So effectively detecting and treating it, it's really a healthcare, you know, it boils down to healthcare access uh, or even could be considered a public health issue. So it's all about, for us, it's all about improving access to effective skin cancer checks. And we think a quick easy to use, low cost tool that, uh, that of course has high clinical performance has the potential to be a game changer for skin cancer detection and care. And I, I, I'd say so for your listeners, you know, if they think that their, their company could be a good partner to work with us in showing what a big impact our tool can have on healthcare and or in getting the derma sensor device uh, in the hands of thousands of primary care providers please do reach out to me uh, directly on LinkedIn or like you said, get in touch with, in touch with the company generally uh, using uh, contact at dermasensor.com. Love it, Cody. We'll certainly appreciate the um, the insights you've provided here and listeners take Cody up on on the invitation to explore this idea and, uh, and spreading the idea to primary care providers beyond and helping them uh, deliver care that uh, that we all deserve. And so, Cody, just want to give you a big thanks. And uh, again, folks, a uh, reminder that the company website is dermasensor.com or go to outcomesrocket.health and type in dermasensor for the entire show notes and transcript and links on ways to get in touch with Cody in the show notes. So, so Cody, thanks again, man. Really appreciate the time you've spent with us today. Thanks so much, Saul. I really appreciate your time too. It was, was great speaking with you. Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, Saul Marquez here. I get what a phenomenal asset a podcast could be for your business and also how frustrating it is to navigate editing and production, monetization, and achieving the ROI you're looking for. Technical busy work shouldn't stop you from getting your genius into the world, though. You should be able to build your brand easily with a professional podcast that gets attention. A patched up podcast could ruin your business. Let us do the technical busy work behind the scenes while you share your genius on the mic and take the industry stage. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more.